You are listening to A Miracle in the Making with Sarah Pinnock. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me on my journey today. So this one will have a lot of um, background noise, I'm afraid, but because I have decided to do this while taking my uh, Jesus drive. And so for those of you who know uh, me or have heard the stories before, know that uh, at least once a week, maybe more if I can fit them in, um, but there's this time where I like to just go. I'll get into my car and I'll just drive in remote places and I just focus on God. It's it's kind of like a a long devotional time where God and I can just spend some quality time together, like a date with God, you know, a date with Jesus. Um, And it's just, you know, I tried to do the whole stuff at home and, you know, like some people do that while drinking coffee at their table, looking out on their deck or, you know, whatever. But for me, the world is full of too many distractions and I just, I always feel a pull to do something. And so ever since I was little, I've, you know, riding in the car or going on trips has been my way of, like, it just gives you a lot of time to think and to process. And um, as I got older, I found that whenever I got really stressed, I would I want to just have this urge to get into the car. And it wasn't until recently that, that I realized that this was kind of like a calling in, into just spending some one-on-one time um, with God and just kind of getting a download and, and unloading and you know, unloading the bad stuff and then re-downloading the stuff that needed to replace it. And so it has kind of been life-changing for me over, you know, the time that I've been doing this. And so if you don't have a time that you have just kind of devoted to God, you know, and and you're like, well, I don't have time every morning or I'm, you know, some people's schedules like mine. I mean, you wake up at 4.30 in the morning and, you know, the thought of getting up at 3.30 in the morning just seems mean. Um, so that you can add an hour devotional time, and you know, don't you don't need to start there. Just just do something like set some time aside in the afternoon, you know, or set some time um, in your day where you can, even if it's just your drive home, where you don't have to think about anything else, but you can just spend some time with you know the creator of it all. Spend the time with the one who made and designed you, and and just talk, you know, uh, just be together. But anyway, um, so you're joining me on this time together because God has already just started downloading things into my brain and just revelations, and it's been happening for a couple days, um, this thought and of, of spiritual warfare, if you will. And so to understand what we're going to be talking about, I'm, I'm really breaking it down really, really simple because for some, the idea of spiritual warfare is um, way out there, like in left field. It's like, whoa, 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 um, you know, I, what are you talking about? And so... I just want to, you know, just just to establish the biblical premise for spiritual warfare, like that, that it's a thing. Uh, you can find reference to it in Ephesians, Ephesians six twelve, um, which says, "For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms." Okay, so this clearly establishes that um, we ha- there is a spiritual battle that is going on. And the things that we see in, in the natural around us, they can be affected by what's going on in this in the spiritual forces. And so that kind of gets us into this this thought process of you know that that's kind of freaky. Let's just be honest to think that that there's this unseen realm that is controlling things or has an influence that we can't see or understand. And you know nobody wants to feel like a puppet. You know that's just you know horrifying. And so let me rest assured you, you're not really a puppet. Because God gave us free will. All right, so God gave us the ability to choose right from wrong. 
But the enemy is cunning, and he and he's, he uses trickery a lot and, and deception. I mean, just look at the, you know, the Garden of Evil, not Garden of Evil, <laughs> Garden of Eden, where evil first came into contact with humans. You know, Adam and Eve, they were naive, and God told them not to do something, but the serpent was cunning and smart, and they had not come in contact with this before, and so the enemy was able to use um, their naiveness in order to bring destruction. And so there are things inside of us um, that allows the enemy to gain what we call footholds. And so what I'm going to be talking about, what I want to share with you guys is kind of this, it's the path to strongholds. Like strongholds are these, these big things. They, they are big influences in our life. You know, you, we, talk, we don't want to be a puppet, but there are some things that we allow in our lives that can, that, that have control over us that should not have control. Because like I said, God gave us free will and we belong to him. And so whenever false authority gets set up in our life, something has to be done to take it out and get rid of it and tear it down. And these things are many shapes and forms. The most common examples of these things um, are you know, like addiction or fear or um, sexual immorality, like pornography, um, or doubt or pride. These are big things that can build up and start influencing things that shouldn't be influenced, okay? A stronghold is a fortress, okay? It's a fortress in which the enemy camps and is able to attack you from the inside, just simply put. Okay, so, but how do these things get set up inside of us? Because we are children of God. We belong to him. We we are his. And it, what the Bible clearly says in Isaiah, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So how is it that then this is happening. How is it that these weapons are prospering? And again, it goes back to the idea of free will. We are given free will. And although God has not given the enemy permission to do this, uh, some, we, we end up giving permission ourselves. And so how do we keep that from happening? How do we keep ourselves from opening up the door to allowing these things to be set up? So we're going to kind of walk through the process of how this happens. Because I believe if you walk through what's what he does... Um, and again, the, the different strongholds—they do different things. Like they're they're for different they're for different um, spiritual type things. You know, like I said, pornography or or addiction or whatever it is. Um, but the strategy is kind of the same for for all of them. How they how they get there, how they are allowed to operate. So if we can recognize this, then two things can happen. One. Uh, for, for those that are just starting to deal with it, you can recognize what's going on and you can put an end to it. And for those that are still dealing with strongholds, um, you can recognize how he got there, what he's doing, and you can get rid of it. That's the whole point of this, is learning how to recognize what the enemy is doing in your life and stop it because you were made for more than this. You shouldn't have to deal with these things. And there's no condemnation here for having to deal with these things because let's just be honest, I don't know of a person on this planet who hasn't had to dealt, deal with, with this type of spiritual warfare that, that didn't have a stronghold built in them because, like I said, the enemy is cunning and deceptive and sets up camp before you even realize what is happening. And, you know, that's when deliverance happens that's when we have to break chains and become free again so it starts uh, very simply you know there it's it can come from any source it is a word spoken that you receive 
and it's it's not a word spoken from God. So it can come from like a song lyric or a TV show or an image that you see or um, it's a person that you respect, a person that you don't respect. It's just words spoken to you that uh, hit some sort of either woundedness or uh, a, a part of you that isn't as strong as it should be. So, for example, if, you know, maybe in your childhood you had some issues with abuse or whatever, that's just a rough example, um, you know, self-worth can be a, a wounded area inside of you, and so this word spoken over to you or during the abuse would then set this self-worth part up in you. You start to have doubts about who you are. Bullying for kids, this is a... A huge thing, when kids tell other kids, when peers tell their peers that they're not worthy, that they're not enough, um, these thoughts start to form. See, first it starts as an outside thing, um, but then we start to claim ownership of them. You hear that you're um, stupid, and all of a sudden, it's not someone else telling you stupid. Uh, you start to accept it as truth. And that's step one. It's where the enemy gains a foothold. And a foothold is just a secure place where you can advance. Okay, so the enemy is setting up a secure place. It's his open door. It's the way that he's getting in to build his stronghold, to build his machine of destruction in your life. And so as soon as you take this this thought that hits your brain, you know, the word spoken, you accept it as a thought into your brain. And as soon as you accept it as truth, um, the enemy has... It has its foothold. It has its its hooks in you. And and it doesn't make it all obvious at once. Okay, this is a long process because if, if we knew what was happening, most of us are gonna be like, Oh oh no, no, not today, Satan, right? I mean that's you know, those t shirts and those mugs and you know, all those things with that phrase. We're, we we don't want this in our life, so we're gonna shut it down if we knew what was happening, but some of us we just get busy and we don't pay attention and it's hard to recognize what's happening when it's happening. So we have to stay vigilant. So we take this, your stupid idea as, as truth or nothing that you do is going to be good enough. And, and these, the thoughts go from, from one thing and, and they, they kind of start to spread the thoughts. They, they kind of build a nature. It goes from being stupid to not being good enough to not being worthwhile, you know, these, these, they, they grow, and, and soon it's not just these, these thoughts that happen, um, that there's, there's just so many of them, and they happen all the time, so it starts to affect how we feel, and uh, how we, um, we, we see things, and so that's kind of step two, is, uh, these thoughts, after they've had time to cultivate, they're like little seeds, all right, so the seeds were planted whenever the foothold was made, and this, the, the tree of, of this stronghold has began to grow. And so what happens then is that we start to make decisions based upon these thoughts that we have. And they're, we're making conscious decisions. You know, somebody asks us if, if we want to go hang out and we don't know these people. You know, maybe we know one person, but there's going to be a group of people and we're afraid of rejection. Um, so we make a conscious decision not to go do this thing because we are afraid of, of that they're going to see the not being good enough, being stupid, being whatever it is, whatever the thought process is. I'm just using a generic example here. 
whatever that thought process is in, in life. So you, it starts to have you make conscious free will decisions to not do things or to do things based upon these thoughts that you have in your head, this premise of false reality that you have accepted as truth. Okay. So that is like a that major advance forward for the enemy. He has now like infiltrated and can now just start to, to level your life. He now has rain. Now, once you start making a free will decision to do his side of the work, to destroy yourself, um, then he starts to have go, go to town. Okay, so then other areas start to get affected. It's not just your social life, but your work. You feel like you're not good enough there. It's, you know, it just kind of you know, schoolwork, and, and then you stop doing it, because what's the point, because it's never going to be good enough, chores at home, you know, what's, what's the point, you know, it just kind of snowballs into all of a sudden, you're, um, you're just making these decisions based upon these, these things that you think about yourself or about the world that are very, very untrue, okay, so that's how, you know, we, we get to that point. But here's where the scary part comes in, and here's where the foothold or the, the foothold has, has now completely transitioned into a stronghold. And this is the part where um, where things get like quote unquote real. Like this is where you are now completely in bondage. It's because the next step after this, after you start making free will decisions, is suddenly this transition happens where you are no longer making free will decisions um, based upon this premise of a lie, but now you're unconsciously, without even thinking about it, making decisions that are destructive to yourself based upon a premise that you don't even consciously have in your brain. So you are making bad choices, and sometimes you don't even know, like, time, a lot of time has passed by, so you don't even know why you keep making these horrible decisions. And you even question yourself, like, why do I keep doing the same thing over and over and over again? Because it's because you're being motivated by the stronghold. You're being motivated by a thought process that you have allowed to set up camp and give authority to in your own mind. And so that's how bondage happens. That's how, you know, addiction happens. You know, addiction, to put this one's a, a very big one and it has, you know, it's easier to describe. I mean, you have these, these thoughts and, and there's many different reasons why people go into addiction. Sometimes, you know, it's physical pain and just wanting to escape it. But a lot of times, I mean, it's, it's physical pain, but there's also this emotional pain that you need to, that, that people want to escape from, this desire that, that you can't exist without it. And so this person makes a free will decision to take this drug. And sometimes this decision is based upon a medical need. And sometimes this decision isn't. Um, but there's this decision, and but then the time comes when it's medical to stop taking it, like the pain is, is gone, and and at that point, that's whenever you get, when, when you shouldn't be taking anymore, you're, you're out, you've followed the doctor's advice, you know, um, and then you still find a way to take it, even though physically you're not in pain. At that point, the first time you do that, that's whenever you have your free will choice to do something that you know you shouldn't do, uh, but you convince yourself to do it otherwise because of some thought processes that have been allowed to be set up in your head. But as that continues on, after you make a, a series of free will choices, you come to a point where you're not able to, like, it's not really your free will anymore. It becomes a need. You must have it. You, your, your body craves it. Your mind craves it. Your emotional self, who you are, craves this thing. And so that's, that's a 
clear example for those who, who know or have walked through or have experienced someone in addiction of how that works. But but it does. It's not just for things like addiction. I mean, it, it there's this goes through a whole gamut of bad things in people's lives. You know how they budget money, for example, or you know their, their financial states and or uh, their careers, their paths. You know, there's strongholds, like I said, they do many different things, but they all have one common goal, and that is to keep you from being who God called you to be and to ultimately destroy you. So when we, when you recognize that you have a stronghold in your life, it has to be dealt with. You can't live a life with the enemy pulling strings in your mind and in, in your choices. You just, you can't. You were made for more than this. So once the stronghold gets set up, though, it's not, you know, hope is not lost. It's not the battle. See, the enemy wants you to think, well, you know, here I am. I set up camp, you know, and here he is pulling buttons within you, having you can, you know, do things that you don't even know why you're doing them. Why did you just yell at your kids and call them dumb? Man, you, you hated it whenever your parents did it. Why Why did that just come out of your mouth? And then the, that self-loathing starts all over again, you know, because he's, he's doing this from the inside. It's time to shut it down, and that's what you can do. You can shut this down because you have a promise. You have so many promises given to you in the Bible, and the way that you tear these things down is, is you know, to put it kind of simply, and this is so oversimplified, um, and it's going to take a lot of work. I'm not going to lie to you, um, it, but I want you to, if you understand the process, then you can you can stick with it and get through it. I mean, first, one, you have to recognize it. You know, like they say when you go through um, recovery, you know, you've got to acknowledge that there's a problem before you can deal with the problem, okay? And, and that goes with anything. If, if you're still denying that there's a stronghold in your life, that stronghold's going to remain there because you're just choosing to ignore it. And as long as you're choosing to ignore it, then it's just going to keep getting stronger and growing and, and just being destructive force in your life. So you have to recognize, hey, this is a problem, all right? And, and many people have, you know, many people have gone to the point where, like, recognize this is a problem, but you look at the stronghold, and it seems so big and so powerful, and you seem so incapable of dealing with it. After all, you're the one that allowed it to be there. And so you have to be careful not to convince yourself or not to allow the enemy to convince you that you can't get rid of this because you can't. Um, that you have been given a promise by God. This is not, this is not how your life is supposed to go. So, uh, you recognize, hey, I've got a stronghold. There is this thing in my life. It does not need to be there. It needs to be cut down. And you take it to God and say, God, you know, I recognize that I have a stronghold. And you may not know what the stronghold is because, like I said, it, the enemy is trick. You know, he, he's he's deceitful and he's cunning and he uses trickery. And so, you know, but you just know something's not right. Take it to God. God, I know that there's something not right. I am doing things. I don't even know why I'm saying what I'm saying. I don't even know why I'm choosing what I'm choosing. Something in me has got to give. Something in me has got to break. And you go to your Abba Father and you say, hey, this is a problem. You know, and, and you go to other people that you trust to pray with you, to pray you through these things. That's why the body of Christ is so important that you have, that you're surrounded. And, and the enemy likes to isolate you in order to keep you from having the other members of the body to support you in times like this because it's so easy for you know, for you for your friends to see hey 
you know, dude, you're, you're making the same bad decisions over and over again. And the enemy doesn't want that pointed out. So he likes to isolate you during this process so that you feel completely alone and vulnerable and you're under his influence. But you need to get yourself into, in, into a place where you can have good godly influence into your life and say, hey, I need prayer over this. I need, I need this. And then as you pray through, there'll come a moment, the more you seek God, because this is God's heart for you is for you not to deal with this. The more you seek him in this, the, 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 the more inside of you, you're, you're starting to change what you want. Does that make sense? When you're asking God for something, you are taking an active step to revoke the permission that you have been giving the enemy to set up camp in your life. You are taking back your ground. You are you're saying, you know what, the, the land that you have built this thing on, um, I no longer am leasing to you. I am taking this back. You're being evicted. You know, you're putting the enemy on notice, being evicted. And so the enemy gets evicted because, like I said, he doesn't have authority to be there. You have removed your authority through the authority given to you by Jesus Christ, by the blood of the Lamb. And once you do that, great, okay? So the enemy leaves, but you still have this thought process system that has been set up in your brain. The foothold, kind of, the door is still a little open because those thoughts are still there. And don't be confused. Don't be deceived. Just because you still have these thoughts doesn't mean that the enemy is still actively working. Because you'll you'll know the difference when that you've gained ground is because you find yourself actively making choices against doing what you used to do subconsciously. You actively make a choice not to call your child stupid, because, and that shows because you're able to actively make a free will choice to do the opposite of what you had been doing before, okay? So when you're able to do that, you now know that you have been given, your authority is back. You have been given back your will to, to shut that down. However, the thought processes are still there. And so just as you took a gradual progression forward to build a stronghold, you're going to have to take that same progression just backwards. So you start with your stronghold and you re, and you rebuke the enemy and you cast him out and you go to Abba Father and you, and you clean house. But that stronghold has to be torn down. That foothold has to be torn down. And so you do that by actively making decisions that go against what the stronghold wanted you to do. Okay? And then you do that, and that, and then it takes a while, and it's awkward, and you know, to be honest, when when your kids um, come up and they and they're not acting right, man, your first thought is going to be your your instinct will be to call them stupid, and you're like, nope, not doing it. I'm shutting that down. You know, God made them with a purpose, and and you find yourself saying, what you're doing is not right, and I am not happy about it. Um, and I am going to help you change this because I love you or whatever it is. You know, you make a choice to word it for their, uh, your, the discipline that you have to give them because discipline is good, but you change the discipline from being a destructive force and you're making an active decision to do this from being a destructive force into being something that actually builds them up and is for their good. Okay. So now you've made, like I said, you have your free will back. You are making decisions, but that urge is still there to just default. And when you're tired and when you had a bad day, those urges are really strong and sometimes you'll still snap. Don't think that just because you snapped and you accidentally let it slip, um, all is over and you might as well just go back to being who you were. No, that's the point where you have to be humble and you have to repent openly. I did this. I am so sorry, kids. I just called you stupid. I know how much that hurts. My mom did that to me. I'm so sorry that I've done this. You know, you, you work it out. You call, you know, a sin a sin. You 
you just own it and you repent and you shut the door on it. Okay? So once you get into a habit of this, though, those base instincts that are causing you to kind of just have that first initial thought of anger or that first initial thought of I need a cigarette or that first initial thought of I need a drink or whatever it is that you're dealing with. Um, as you make these conscious decisions to not go again or not to go with it, pretty soon that that your initial reaction isn't going to be to snap in anger. Your initial reaction isn't going to be these things. Um, you're going to start to have a mindset change, a lifestyle change, and it starts to to um, affect other areas of your life. Like it, the the healing starts to spread with your active choices, and so then. Um, once you take away the, the, the free will choices, the subconscious choices, and then you take back your free will choices, then you're left with the thoughts, okay? So those thoughts, though, of, of what caused you to do this in the first place, those initial seeds that were planted, I mean, you chopped down the tree, you, you threw away all the fruit that it bore in your life, but um, you still have this root system, you still have these seed pods, I guess, if you will, that are that are buried underneath the surface, and these things are these are these are the tricky parts. This is the I mean, remember that these seeds came in so um, stealthily that you didn't even know it was happening. Okay, so that's whenever it takes time to figure out why, and then you have to ask these questions and ask God these questions. Why did I allow this in the first place? Why did how did it get there? What did the enemy have inside of me? That, you know, what seeds were planted that I need to get rid of that allowed this thing to grow in my life. And God and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you, hey, you know, this is what it is. And it takes time and you have to seek and dig and the Holy Spirit will show you, hey, we dig over here, look at this, you know, and you'll have this memory. Oh, I mean, I remember, um, you know, I was walking through the store and this lady said that I was selfish and, you know, it really hurt. And so then... I started thinking that everybody thought that I was selfish, and I didn't want people to think I was selfish. Um, so I started to make sure that everybody uh, that I did made everybody happy around me. That I could like everybody. If everybody was happy, then everybody would love me, and they wouldn't think bad things about me. You know what I mean? And then, and so you start to trace back your actions to these thoughts and to these words that were spoken over you. And then once you do that, then you just cut off that power, and you're like, no, that is a lie. That was a lie. And I call you out for a lie. I know what you are now, and your power over me is done. I remove these seeds from my heart, and you cast them out. And, you know, and this is an oversimplified version of, of this whole entire spiritual warfare process with strongholds in, in your life, of deliverance in your life. Really simplified. And I'm going to be honest with you, having had to walk through it myself, that it is a long, hard process. Man, it you look at things you don't want to look at. There's a reason it's buried so deep. You wanted it buried deep because it's painful. It does, you know, it, it's painful to, to look at and examine the things that have hurt you and motivated you in ways that were unhealthy. But unless you do that, unless you do the hard work, unless you are brave enough to hold God's hand and have him help you do the hard work, because it's one thing to examine the thought of I'm stupid and it's another thing to say okay I, I hear that I'm stupid but then to have your Abba Father say no I, I designed you and you know you are fearfully and wonderfully made and I made you with a purpose and your brain is just the way that I wanted it 
you know, you are intelligent, you are, you know, beautiful, inside and, you know, out. Like, you, you need to hear your, your Abba Father's affirmations as you go through this to, to recognize your identity. Because there is an identity crisis that we are dealing with, and the enemy, that's what he's doing. He's stealing our authority, he's stealing our inheritance, he's stealing our identity, and we forget that we were born when we became followers of Christ, when we accepted his authority over us, his lordship over us, we were stepping into something that was bigger than just what we see with our eyes. We were, we are accepting a, the, the kingdom mentality. We know that what we do reigns forever. It's not just what happens here on earth, but like in, in heaven as well. So, you know, I'm just going to encourage you, like if this has touched you in any way, if this, if this is rung true in your life, if you're like, yeah, you know what, I, I, I recognize that this has happened, um, don't, don't just leave it there with a, hey, I recognize that, yeah, I do have these things, and I do wonder why I do them, or yeah, I do have these thoughts, but I'm going to challenge you, okay, you've been given information, now take it to the next step, do something with the information, seek God with it, go through the process, be brave, and get rid of the things in your life that are set up to destroy you because you have a job to do. You have a gifting and a calling. And so that's, you know, these whole, like, podcast things that I do. Why do I do them? Um, it's not because I like to hear myself speak. In fact, I, I don't <laughs> at all. But, you know, the, the body of Christ needs to know that they, they have gifts and they have a calling and a purpose, and they need to rise up and do that. Because just as we're having to deal with these things, there are people out there who don't have Jesus, and they're having to deal with it too. And you, just think about how hard it is for you to deal with um, self-worth issues, self-esteem issues, and how hard it is for you to deal with this. And you have Jesus. You're just not fully using it. But imagine now how hard it would be for someone who doesn't even know who he really is to deal with this. They can't. I mean, you can barely do it because you're not using your your full, like, potential. So, go for it. Break through. Be brave. You know, the enemy's going to scream and holler and threaten and make you feel bad. Don't. Just go for it anyway. Don't back down. Stand up to it. Stand up to your Goliath. Remember, you're David. You got your little rock. You know, you don't have to listen to whatever the enemy is screaming at you anymore. You don't have to buy into the lies. You have a choice. You have free will. Take it back and tear those strongholds down. And then take that knowledge that you've been given to break the enemy's chains and go help someone else and give them the knowledge they need to tear down strongholds. And let's take our lives back. Let's take our nation back. Let's take our, our kingdoms back for the glory of God. So I hope this helped you in some way. I Again, I, I encourage you, do something with this. You know, seek help if you need it. There's no shame in seeking help whatsoever. It takes a brave person to admit when something is bigger than they are. Um, so I just know that I'm, I'm praying for the people who, who listen to this. You know, I pray that God touch you, that God just surrounds you with his love, his mercy. But most importantly, God, that, you, that, that they feel the authority that comes from you, Lord Jesus, that that strongholds and the foundations upon which they are built start to shake under the weight of your glory that just builds in their life and that they can be cleaned and made fresh and renewed like and renewed on wings of eagles eagles and they can soar above all of this stuff and know that they are victorious that you won the battle and they don't have to deal 
put up with this stuff in their life anymore, that they were made for more than this, that they deserve more than this because you said so. You looked at their worth and saw them as being so worthy that, that you sacrificed your son. Jesus, you gave up your own life. You bled on that cross for each one of us. So God, I just pray right now that strongholds start to crumble and fall, that the lights are turned on in the darkness and people can see the things that have been messing with their lives and they start to take their ground back. In your name we pray. Amen. It still amazes me Now, I would love to hear some of your testimonies or even hear some of your stories about the things that you're facing so that I can join you in prayer as you move forward. If you would like to do that, you can comment on whatever platform you are hearing this, or you can email me at booking at sarahepen.org. That's S-A-R-A-H-E-P-E-N dot org. Now, remember, no matter what you're facing, God is with you. Be blessed.